Are you a naturally messy person or do you love to clean? Maybe those two don't have to be mutually exclusive. Hi, I'm Misty Winkler and you're listening to the Simply Convivial Podcast. When I was a young mom and homemaker, I read blogs and books on keeping house better. I didn't love housework, but I did want to do a good job. I wanted to be a good housewife, a good homemaker, and it just wasn't coming naturally to me. I would try to do the cleaning routines promoted by bloggers. I copied lists and plans from magazines. I asked friends who had clean houses how they did it. But having a clean house just seemed like one of those things that was not going to happen for me. I would go in fits and spurts, but no routines or consistent level of cleanliness ever stuck. But it turns out it wasn't impossible. And here at Simply Convivial, I want to help you beat overwhelm and perfectionism through simple baby steps so you can love being a homemaker. You can have both peace and productivity as a mom at home. So let's dig in. first, I was not great at cleaning the house, and I thought it would be so easy, but it wasn't. The only thing that I was master of was the boom and bust cycle. I would go on a cleaning frenzy, make a ton of progress over the course of a whole day, collapse in exhaustion from the effort, and then wake up sad the next day that the work would have to be done all over again. What I know now, nearly 20 years later, is that I was missing two things, an unconscious preference for neatness and an understanding of the nature of cleaning. No tip or hack or cleaning schedule was actually going to fix either of those problems. Those problems were the missing link between me and a consistently tidy house. Are you a messy? At some point, nearly 10 years into marriage and homekeeping, I read a book by Sandra Felton titled How Not to Be a Messy. I laughed, I cried, I resonated. Sandra Felton was the 80s version of Dana White at A Slob Comes Clean, someone who made no progress until she realized and admitted what her real problem was, and then worked as herself, not as trying to be someone that she wasn't yet. The truth is that I would rather read a book, create a website, take a walk, do pretty much anything other than basic maintenance housework. I prefer project mode, and a disheveled home doesn't really slow me down. So I tend to take on housework 
only when it gets to the point of being a project. And that doesn't work out because housework only becomes a project when you're in a deep hole. The way to stay out of the hole of clutter and grime chaos is to have regular maintenance routines, which sounds much easier than it really is, especially for project-oriented people like me. However, even those of us who can tolerate a certain level of disorder, who can get a lot done without sweating the details, who would rather focus on projects than on daily repetitive duties, who tend toward obsessing over one outcome and let everything else slide while we do so, even we can get our act together. But it will take a different approach than our neat detail-oriented friends take. There are three things that we can adjust as we build workable home routines so that our routines begin to feel natural rather than like contrived, pointless obstacles. First, in order to love housework, we need to notice our tasks. The first tip we need as obsessive project types is simply to notice the tasks. There are two components in this one step. First, we have to know what the tasks are and we have to notice when they're needed. Before we can notice our tasks, we have to know what those tasks are. If we think about housework only as minimally as possible, then it's no wonder we feel perpetually behind and caught off guard by the work. It turns out that minimal attention isn't good enough. It's not what we're called to, so we won't be satisfied when that's all we give it. So start by looking around your house, thinking through your day, and brain dumping. Write down the various tasks and chores and needs that you think of. Circle the things that have to happen at least weekly on that list. Those are the areas that we need to direct our attention to deliberately. Now that we have a written down outside of our heads list to reference, we can direct our attention to those areas from the list as our prompt. We won't have to remember or think of it ourselves. We can look at our list and then we look around that area or toward the task that is called out. What's the actual state of that space? What would it look like if it were tidy and clean? Sometimes we aren't even sure what even counts as clean. What's good enough? So as you work through chores on your list, Focus on spending 10 or 15 minutes of focused, concentrated effort in that one area or on that task. Instead of working till it's done, whatever that means, work for a limited amount of time and then move on to the next task. Work expands to fill the time given it. And so for those of us who live in our heads, that means that physical work quickly turns into meandering and puttering And so we have to stop ourselves short. If we give ourselves a short amount of time and a clear task 
we can focus and get it done. Our attention has to stay on the task at hand if we're to be productive and useful in it. The second step that we need is related. To love housework, we have to notice our effect. One of the most effective practices that changed my perception of an attitude toward housework felt ridiculous at first. Instead of just putting in my time, listening to my audiobook, and then moving on, I stopped before I moved on from cleaning my bedroom. I looked at what I had done. I recognized that I had made the room nicer, a better place to be, and I smiled. Previously, I treated housework like something that I had to numb myself to do. Just do it. Don't think about it. Because if you think about it, you'll only be discouraged by the fact that you'll have to do it again tomorrow. In this way, we deepen the habit of disliking housework rather than building the habit of loving it. Even after I repented of my bad attitude about housework and was working to amend my ways, the progress felt like a slog. I did the work. But I still didn't like the work, and I still didn't see any progress. You know what I did? I started taking before and after photos. Sure, I did it for Instagram, okay, (laughs) and not as a part of some grand strategy. But an odd thing happened. I realized that the work did make a visual difference, because now I had evidence And I was taking a minute to write up a little story about how I was happy that I did the work. I realized I wasn't paying attention to the effect of my efforts. So I started taking a moment, just two or three seconds, to stop and look at a space that I had been cleaning or tidying. And I looked with affectionate attention. I would rather just move on to the next thing, keeping my thoughts in the clouds, but stopping and recognizing that I had improved my surroundings helped me to learn the value of what I was doing, and it helped me to enjoy what I was doing. The final step that we need to love housework is another thing to notice. We need to notice the reward of cleaning. I like to remind myself and my children that virtue is its own reward. It is a good thing to do things that are good. If we only do things that are means to some other end, we're utilitarians. And it's very easy to slip into utilitarianism with housework because the house is useful. And it is more useful the cleaner it is, to a certain point. However, utilitarianism brings no satisfaction in a job well done. Utilitarianism is unappreciative. It's always on to other goals. Utilitarianism doesn't care about forming virtue or loving what is true, good, and beautiful. We, however, should. Virtue exists, and messiness is not a virtue. There's no upright and commendable character in literature who is a slob. 
There's a reason our culture used to have the saying that cleanliness is next to godliness. We might now kick against that saying, but I believe we do because we're upset that a clean house doesn't stay clean. We want a clean house, but we don't want to be people who clean up. But the virtue is in the work, not the result. We judge by appearances. We desire the appearance. But the virtue of cleanliness is in the priorities and the habits of someone who keeps up with her duties, who does her work. Cleaning house is a picture of ourselves. We are messy houses that Christ has declared clean. He's then in the process of cleaning us up in this life, of remodeling and restoring us. Jesus doesn't snap his fingers and presto perfection in the moment right after he justifies us. Sanctification, the process of being personally cleaned up, is a daily ongoing work in our life. And so it is in our homes as well. Cleaning things up is a daily ongoing work that must happen because life is being lived and we are clean people who clean up. We aren't a people who want the result without the work or the aesthetic without the reality. We don't want a showcase life or a showcase home. We want to live lives of humble service and obedience. And that means daily counterwiping dishwashing, toilet swiping, and floor sweeping. As we clean, we model and image the cleaning work being done in ourselves. In that mirroring, that living analogy, we find joy and satisfaction, even in the repetition. We aren't stuck. We are being sanctified. We aren't failing. We are the kind of people who clean up. Therefore, we can enjoy and even love housework. And that's it for this episode of the Simply Convivial Show. Convivial is the word we want to describe the atmosphere of our homes. And moms are the atmosphere of their homes. So that means we have to be convivial. Convivial means with life, lively, festive, friendly, enjoyable. We can be convivial moms and we can make convivial homes when we organize our attitudes and take joy in our duties. If you need help even getting a handle on the daily and weekly housework in your home, I have a free guide that you can download. Just go to simplyconvivial.com slash clean. That's simplyconvivial.com slash clean. And you can download the three page guide that will help you figure out the kind of cleaning routines that your particular home and family situation requires. And through it all, we will remember to repent, rejoice, repeat.